From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. me what happened to him. Legitimate national outrage about a policeman's criminal brutality has been hijacked. And I don't want to forget about George Floyd. What, what happened to George Floyd sickened me. And I wanted to reach out and tell you all this. I, w- I want to make sure you have no doubt. And I'm not the only American who feels this way. The senselessness of it. That's Rush Limbaugh on The Breakfast Club yesterday, talking about the whole George Floyd thing. So uh, The Breakfast Club, that's the show that Biden went on yes, and said, yes. uh, what did he say? That was about uh, last week's controversy. Uh, you ain't bl- if, you, if you can't All decide right. who's between Jeez. me and Trump, you ain't black. Will this change votes? I couldn't even remember. It was four days ago. Right. Will this change votes in November? November? <laughs> Hilarious. What's November? I can't even picture next week. I know. I just I saw a quote somewhere. I, I didn't I didn't hear the Rush Limbaugh on that show thing, but I saw a quote from the Breakfast Club. What's the guy's name? Charlemagne the God is his uh, his stage. Name. He said Rush Limbaugh to Rush Limbaugh, "You're delusional if you don't believe there's such thing as white privilege." So I didn't hear the whole conversation. I'm sure they were going back and forth about that. But uh, the reason I wanted to bring it up is Joe keeps saying, and uh, me, yeah, and I want him to clarify because okay. I want to know what you're talking about. Okay. Um. Uh. We'll get through this. Everything's mm-hmm. gonna be fine. Um, well, I didn't say that exactly. But well, you say what you say. I said uh, there have been uh, troubled and difficult times many times, and people can still have happy and productive lives, so don't freak out. Well, I would assume people can always have happy and productive lives. I think you can have a happy and productive life probably in Syria. 
Um, <laughs> it's very difficult. It's harder. But you're plucky harder if you're doing that. But uh, I do not think this is a uh, a blip. I think I think I think we're on the road to ruin as a nation. I think it's. A, uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I think we're on a uh, can't be solved, tearing apart. It will never be as good as it once was. Downward spiral as a culture and a nation. I think they're... Is anybody else saying that on the radio? Good morning. That's Aren't some you good to... stuff. Come on! You want you want to cheer people up? We want to lift them up and listen to you. You're the voice of doom, Chief Dark Cloud. So, is in, in your opinion, is the highway sign road to ruin 3.5 miles or road to ruin next exit? Depends on what you, how you define ruin, I suppose. Um, honestly, yeah, because... Uh, the, 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 you know, I look at Great Britain, there seem to be a lot of people living their lives, you know, getting mm-hmm. married, having kids, raising their kids, working a job, everything like that. But they aren't, they aren't anything like what they were, you know, 150 years ago when and they were clearly the, continuing to decline when they were the dominant power on the planet, militarily, right. economically, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think that's going away. Right. Uh, the, um, the, I don't. I. I don't know. I don't. Even, I don't even know if we can manage to be one country where people just live wherever they want. Maybe we would stay one country, but we'll like eventually spread into different parts of it or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen there, but I just. I just see it as a between uh, the, the the spending situation, which will add to this because eventually taxes are going to be so high and services will be cut so deep that it'll just exacerbate. The, uh, the the tensions we have be- between each other, right? And I don't mean just racially, because we've got the whole one side thinks the other side is evil thing. Mm-hmm. Each side thinks the other side is evil. Right. I don't see that turning around. I don't see what turns that around. The loudest voices in American media are trying to perpetuate that as well. They're trying as hard as they can to divide us. You know, I, I would agree with you because our unity as Americans was always there to overcome whatever difficulty. Uh, we had. Um, we are rapidly losing that unity. Our greatest strength is not diversity. I've always found that a ridiculous statement. Diversity does give strength in a way, and uh, and, and I like it. Uh, our greatest strength is unity. Unity in spite of diversity. E pluribus unum, from many one. Um, and I think we're, we're losing that to a large extent. You know, it could happen again. Uh, it could come again, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It's definitely a different era. When you, for instance, when you got the guy from, and this is that both this this happens on both sides. But so when you got the guy who's uh, the head of integrity for Twitter, and and his tweets that are still up about racist flyover country full of Nazis, right? Um, and you know, and that that part of the country where I'm from feels the same way about the the coasts. Not that they're racist Nazis, but they're a different thing. They're a communist, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Weirdo pervs. We'll have an attack someday, like a nine 11 sort of thing or economic collapse or whatever will happen. And it'll happen in a blue area or a red area. And the other part of the country will say, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's the, the next big thing to happen in my lifetime. New York got bombed and a bunch of New Yorkers die. I don't care. Bunch of communists. Or, or the same thing, sort of thing happens in the middle of the country, and the coast say, "I don't care." A bunch of redneck Nazis. I think that I think that's the direction we're going to, where we're not. It's not we're Americans. There, mm-hmm. that's a part of America I don't even care about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I read uh, this morning that China is investing many, many billions of dollars in their submarine fleet. 
Um, they want to become our equal under the sea. I could easily see some sort of clash turning ugly. And, uh, you know, an, a conflict, a violent conflict with China. Would that bring us together? Perhaps. Maybe, although depends on <clears throat> who the president is. Because right now, I mean, if Xi Jinping showed up and, 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 you know, and personally pulled the trigger on a cruise missile that took out Disney World and Epcot, loss of 15,000 American lives, 20 minutes later, it would be about Trump. And people who are anti Trump <laughs> Boy, you think so? would be saying. I was, you know, I it's thought, his fault. China, you can't blame China. I thought your next sentence was going to be, I think that would bring us all together and we'd be one as America as we were no. against Germany and Japan. No. And, no, no, that's not wasn't that, that was not your next absolutely sentence. Absolutely your, your not. Next, your next, next sentence, sentence was 20 minutes later it'll be about Trump. Yeah. And if he hadn't pressed them so hard with these tariffs, they wouldn't have had to react that His way. racism and xenophobia, it's predictable. Calling the Chinese it the really, Chinese virus is what brought this on. That piece of crap eunuch at CNN who's their alleged uh, media critic, what's his name? God, is he a horrible president? Why does why do you, why do, how'd the eunuch thing get started? Who cares? Tucker Carlson came up with that. How Who did cares? ice cream get started? <laughs> Let's just enjoy it. <laughs> he he would immediately be talking about how Trump's racism and and Mike Pence denying science brought us to this moment, and we really need to blame Trump for the killing of all those people at uh, Disney World. It would happen. So yeah, you're right. It's a weird new era, man. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a great example. You know how the country has reacted to the thankfully very few political assassinations we've had. You have one now. Oh boy. I don't even want to name names, but people at high levels on the right or left. I guarantee you, the 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 the, the Twitter world would be filled with glee by half the country, depending on who it was. What right? Filled and, with glee and cheering, and it would just be, it'd be like nothing we've ever seen before. There have always been those voices, but they grumbled to themselves in the right. dark. We need to unplug the internet. It is a force for evil and rancor and hatred. Unplug it. End it. It was an interesting experiment. Really thought-provoking, the whole internet thing. But it's time to end it. It was an interesting experiment. Really thought-provoking. Right. Wow, that was something. I'm, I'm looking at this. Uh, we were talking about it earlier, how uh, how an NBA uh, sportscaster, uh, broadcaster, Grant Napier, he's been the voice of the Sacramento Kings forever, um, is, is they're trying to run him out of his job because of a, an unfortunate Twitter exchange. He got baited by a player who hated him. And just that sort of thing could not have happened in 1994. Uh, and uh, just, uh, well, I'd say, number one, you need to learn to navigate those waters if you're in the public eye uh, and, and be very, very careful. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I hate being really discouraging. I always like to have a, therefore, here's what we ought to do. There's a benefit to, uh, reality, though. And I think that's reality. Which part of it? Now, I suppose good, positive leaders, they might ignore reality. What I just said, that I think we're headed the direction, I think that's reality. Mm. So I think knowing what's actually going to happen, there's a benefit to, uh, you know, Planning your life accordingly. Oh yeah, but, I hear um, that. But uh, I suppose if you're a good, positive person, you 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 ignore that. No, we do. Yeah, yeah, we probably should lose. The numbers are against us. Here's why we're going to win, and then you lead people the right direction. Mm. But I'm just pointing out what I think is going to happen. Yeah. 
Well, I'd like to hear a serious discussion about what we can do about it, maybe, how we can improve it. I mean, for instance, I was thinking the Internet would be a good start. Yeah, I I was thinking about this in wake of the the terrible killing of George Floyd and and police brutality of all sorts, including uh, the poor uh, mentally ill fellow in Fullerton, California, a number of years ago. Kelly, I I should remember his name. God bless him. Um, It was utterly unjustified, horrifying. Um, I believe if you and I got a handful of cops, handful of activists together, just some average citizens, and you give us two, three-hour days, we could come up with a pretty good, sane prescription for solving the problems or at least putting in motion solving the problems. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be you and me. It can be, you know, any, anybody who actually loves this country and, and cares and understands cops, uh, cops have a hell of a tough job and face a lot of violence and hatred from people they did nothing during it. And then the other end of it, there are a lot of bad cops. There are a lot of racist cops. Uh, and there are a lot of uh, folks of all colors who, who hate the cops. If you go in understanding both those things and that they're both valid, you could craft some pretty good solutions. But it's impossible when our streets are burning and people are stealing big screen TVs and there's just knee jerk hatred and, and getting back to the Internet, dumb people or radicals screeching at each other. The outer 10% dominating the conversation from both ends, as positive Sean was describing earlier. It makes it impossible. Yeah, I hate to, you know, I hate to say what I just said because I know like the Antifa crowd, they think, all right, it's working. Cool. We got, we got people, we got, uh, you know, middle class white guys thinking it's all over and it's ruined. Now we're on, we're on the right road here because people are getting despondent and we're going to be able to tear the whole thing down. And the Antifa weirdos, anarchist weirdos believe that something better will come up out of it, which is an insane notion. Right. Uh, look at the French Revolution. How long did it take to get to any semblance of a decent society out, out of, after you tore that down? Oh, yeah. But uh, anyway, our text line is, you got any ideas? 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. We got so much good stuff to bring you that's thought-provoking, so stay here. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Going through some of your texts on uh, my belief that we're doomed. Um, <laughs> so we'll get to that later. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Also get to this later. Facebook employees staged a virtual walkout because they don't believe their company's hands-off approach to Trump's uh, social media presence is okay. Needs to be more banning the president's comments. So. How about you walk out, you stay out, you end Facebook, and humanity goes on to a brighter future. <laughs> oh, boy. So, I'm telling um, you. So what do we need to know? Do you want to go into the uh, the clip thing we were talking about? Uh, yeah, what do we need to know about this? So uh, Walt Disney World has an opening day set uh, for mid-July. And uh, it seems like they're putting in uh, part of this is, you know, fewer, less capacity. They're trying to figure out. Are we talking about Walt Disney, the man, like his frozen head or Disney, Disney, Disney world, Disney, Disney, Disney world. world. Yes. Um, his frozen head remains with the frozen, frozen. head. Always. Why? <laughs> Leave it alone. Uh, less capacity reservations for for rides. So you don't stand in line next to people. Right. They're trying right. to make accommodations for the, the, the covid reality. The Chinese bad Walt favor. Disney and Ted Williams are on my Mount Rushmore of frozen heads. 
There are only two heads on your right. Mount Rushmore. We need two more. Right. <laughs> Give it time. Do we have any volunteers? Uh, and so one of the things they are doing now, uh, one of the magnets they're using to get people to park is their, their whole Star Wars experience stuff. Okay. And so they're using stormtroopers to kind of role play uh, the social distance monitors, hall monitors, so to speak. Uh, and here's some video of what that might sound like. Keep moving. Oh, they re- they reference banthas a lot, which is a s- the elephant-sized animal in the uh, in the Star Wars universe. Is that what Luke crawled inside during the second one? No, I believe that was a tan-tan. Okay, the fact that you know that not the least bit surprising. Moving on. Hey, some nice face coverings down there. Uh, isn't this fun? It's the stormtroopers telling us to, to social distance. The stormtroopers, which was literally the name of some of Hitler's troops, and are the faceless, uh, murderous enforcers of the evil empire in the Star Wars movies, are now gently reminding you to stay a battle like <laughs> apart. That's charming. So we have new mask information? Uh, we do, as a matter of fact, from the... <clears throat> Where is it? Oh, there it is. The Annals of Internal Medicine. <laughs> no, no. Two ends. They are retracting their article, Effectiveness of Surgical and Cotton Masks in Blocking SARS-CoV-2, a controlled uh, comparison, blah, 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 which essentially said that the masks really didn't do much good. No. They are retracting it. Now, originally we were told, look, serious, the masks don't do anything, so stop buying masks. I think it was the Surgeon General actually said it with that tone of voice in the beginning. Yes. Then they came out and said... That was a calculated lie, so you wouldn't buy up the N95 masks. So you would die, but nurses wouldn't, which is a little more uh, cynical than I'd like out of my government. How about you just give me the facts? And uh, explain things to me. But anyway, deal with the outcome. Yeah. Um, uh, then at some point they said it can cut it by like fifty percent, the lethality of the, the. So now they're saying no. Uh, no, they're retracting. I, I, I it's the old double reverse. Although I would have to look at the original to be a hundred percent sure. But what happened, Jack? is they'd not fully recognize the concept of limit of detection of the in-house reverse transcriptase polymerase oh, chain reactions always right. used in the study. Yeah, geez. And they regret their failure to express the values below LOD as less than LOD value. As I suspected <laughs> when I read the original article, I was like, you're not fully recognizing the concept of limit of detection of the in-house reverse transcriptase polymerase chain. I think you remember me saying that. So wear a mask or no? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the study that was retracted said masks don't work. So they're retracting that, meaning that masks are more effective, at least, than that study okay. would imply. gotcha. Or no, at I least the LOD thing. You know, you keep that in mind. Uh, law and order. We need law and order in this country. Got a variety of people talking about that and how doomed we are on the text line and a bunch of other stuff. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The 
government has declared them essential. The Armstrong and Getty Show. if you go to the old orgs like the NAACP or the STLC or, or new organizations like RPG or Next Level Boys Academies or Car Kids and the new, the, new, um, the Florida Rights Rest, uh, Restoration Project, but join something so that it doesn't feel so lonely. Join something so that your work on a weekly basis can start to add up and help. That's the rapper Killer Mike saying roughly what Barack Obama said yesterday. Get involved. Uh, get active in your community. Vote, uh, come together over you know a candidate or an issue or whatever. That will be meaningless, I think, in the face of these the the lawlessness across the country. I sure like the idea of join a civic organization, though. Well, sure, but for all the, well, no, those are great ideas. I'm just saying it's not going to do any good. Oh yeah, I, I'll bet Barack Obama spent the weekend crafting that uh that that uh that piece he wrote yesterday and he's really good at that sort of thing i wish people gave a crap but the first black president and one of the most influential black people in the history of the world isn't going to make a dent in those people that are smashing windows and throwing bricks at cops it just ain't going to make a dent they don't they don't listen they don't care whatever no. how, how many how many people heard it or even if they did hear it would 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 react to it positively i'm just i feel very hopeless about this situation yeah yeah. Well, it, the, the super frustrating thing to me is I take in the mainstream media and the, the morons at CNN or whatever, uh, and, and there are similar folks in a lot of different places, but they will just refer to everybody as the protesters, which is so stupid. There are the peaceful protesters who are blameless and should be doing what they're doing if they see fit. God bless the the, sec- the First Amendment. Um, then you have the protesters who think only violence will get people's attention. Well, I have a, I have a problem with them, uh, and maybe Barack Obama can speak to them. But then you have the thieves. They just want to grab stuff out of businesses. They're smashing the windows. And they're stealing stuff because they want stuff. And then you have the anarchist lunatics who are having those bricks delivered to a city near you, smashing windows, going around clad in black in their black face coverings in the name of starting the Great Revolution. That's a completely different group of people. So, And if you don't recognize those differences and deal with those different people in different ways, we're, we're doomed. And, and those latter groups, the thieves and the anarchists, the president's right. You got to sweep through the cities and just round them up. Oh, you have to establish law and order, or you can't accomplish anything. Right. Just, just absolutely impossible for anything to, good to come out of the mayhem that we've currently got going on all across America. And, and old, old uh, Joe, the white guy here, and George Floyd's brother are saying practically exactly the same thing. He's saying the same thing. Quit with the smash and grab and, and rioting. And Killer Mike and uh, and Barack Obama and, and others. But th- th- that crowd doesn't care. I mean, I just think exactly. it's, 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 it's odd. to You protesters, you're not actually honoring his death. Whose death? What are you talking about? Right. I'm smashing stuff and stealing stuff and hurting people. Well, it's like arguing about the value of human life as a psychopath is about to commit another murder. They don't care. Uh, which of these do I want to do first? So let's do this first, because I see that um, 
Uh, Attorney General Ellison up in Minnesota is speaking to the autopsy report that came out on uh, Mr. Floyd, and he was uh, well. He died from having a knee on his neck. That guy. That but we'll make it clear. That police officer murdered him in cold blood. I hope the guy spends the rest of his life in jail. If he's executed, fine with me. I don't think they have the death penalty in Minnesota, but he seems like an absolute psychopath scumbag. And that smile on his face needs to get wiped off at some point. You could argue he tortured a man to death. Absolutely. What a scumbag. Anyway, that aside, um, uh, coroner report came back. You know, in his his neck. You know all the stuff. You don't need to go into the details of that. If you can't breathe, you eventually die. The medical examiner also said that Floyd had uh, hypertensive heart disease and that fentanyl intoxication and recent meth use were other significant conditions. Mm-hmm. He was murdered in cold blood. No excuse for it whatsoever. But it doesn't help your life any to be on fentanyl and meth. No. At the time of an interaction with the police officer. Not good for your heart. Uh, no. Um, I would argue against that. Uh, but any, anyway, so this story is getting a lot of traction. I, more than anybody, hate dealing in the Trump controversy of the day because 90% of the time in two days, nobody even remembers it even happened. Yeah, there but, have been probably 175 of them <laughs> since he took office. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, since he started to run. And I don't think that number's an exaggeration. The, the only reason I bring this one up is just because of the, um, I think it matters, the, the media coverage and everything like that. Trump visiting the church across the street from the White House ah, yes. last night for the quote, the Bible. quote using, using my finger quotes here, photo op. So he's across the street at that famous church, and if you've ever been there, it's really cool. Um, and every president going back to the founding fathers has, uh, has, has gone over to that church and everything like that. So last night, Trump's over there. He's got a Bible in his hand. He gives, he says a few words and gets his picture taken. Well, that was portrayed as a photo op by the president and that they tear gassed peaceful protesters to clear them out so that he could go over for his photo op. Here's the uh, headline in NPR. Park police tear gassed peaceful protesters to clear way for Trump church photo op. Uh, New York Times story. Protesters dispersed with tear gas so Trump could pose at church. Uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, your two top Democratic leaders, issued a joint statement about how awful it was at a time that our country cries out for unification. This president is ripping it apart, tear gassing peaceful protesters so that he could pose for a photo op. Um, the gal who is the archbishop there is on every news outlet griping about that very thing. So this morning, the Park Police went on WTOP, that's the big radio station in a Washington, D.C. talk station there, and said tear gas was never used, um, and that Park Police didn't know President Trump would be walking across the park several minutes later, and that they were approaching the uh, curfew time, and uh, Bullhorn's telling people you got to go was not working, nobody was leaving. So you got that. Um most of America will never hear that. No, no, they, they will not. believe the story they heard over and over on NPR, New York Times, or whatever. No, you can't start enforcing a seven o'clock curfew at six thirty. And well, it's bar time. Last call, everybody. Go on. Uh, and, and they they shot something into the crowd. It may not have been tear gas, but it was smoke bombs or yeah, something. Yeah, it was and, a smoke bomb. It doesn't have an irritant in it, but it's to disperse crowds because right. I guess you can't see or something like that. I don't care. I don't even care about the curfew or anything like that. If, if you want to go over and, and, and make the point that we own this church, civilized society owns this church, 
You guys up there on that building, there were people climbed up on another structure in the park, not far from the church that had been attacked and attempted to tore down the night before. You don't get to do that. We own this place, not you. Get the F out of here. I have no problem with that message from the president or anybody else. I'm fine with that. You have to establish law and order. You don't get to do whatever the hell you want because you're mad about something. You just don't. I don't have any problem with it whatsoever. I'm happier in hell with it. I'm with the half of the country that agrees, absolutely, clear the SOBs out of there, go over to the church and get your picture taken and saying, I get to come over here, and you got to move. I'm fine with that. No problem whatsoever. Militant right-winger Jack Armstrong. 415-295-KFTC is the text line. And I'm sure this will be argued throughout the day between the Washington, D.C. police who say um, they were establishing a curfew and not using tear gas with people who are going to say the opposite. So what's the bishop say? Uh, well, we have a clip of the bishop. Uh, go ahead, hit, hit number 11. Well, Let at least me be clear. A little bit. Uh, the president just used a Bible, the most sacred text of the Judeo-Christian tradition, and one of the churches of my diocese, without permission, as a backdrop for a message antithetical to the teachings of Jesus and everything that our churches stand okay, for. Okay, can you uh, pause there for a second? I heard her on Nakedly Progressive Radio. I, I appreciate her explaining what a Bible is. Yes. Um, <laughs> the sacred the Bible. text in her, our church's tradition. Her take, and uh, forgive me if she's about to explain that because she's done 50 media appearances and, and says slightly different things each time. Her take was that he got off of the conference call with the governors in which he told them to get tough, dominate the streets, bring back law and order so we can have the conversation, which she found to be militaristic. And he went directly from his militaristic call to the house of Jesus, who was a pacifist. And she found that utterly objectionable. I mean, she she hates Trump. She's a, a, a pretty significant lefty. Um, and then she didn't like him being in her church. So, okay, fine. That's the trump of the day. The church that was set fire... Uh, by the uh, by, the anarchist lunatics in the park the previous night. Right. How how close do you let protesters get to and hang around after it's been set fire the night before, even if it wasn't the same people? you got to protect these buildings. What if the, the bishops of the church were there with the protesters, seeming, seemingly having their blessings, passing out waters to the protesters, things like that? They were among the people who got hit with the smoke bombs. According to the police, protesters were throwing water bottles and rocks at them at the time. Now, which is true? I don't know. I wasn't there. I hope video comes out. I, I hope was people watching had their... video last night. They were having stuff chucked out. I hope people 100%. have their phones out so we can see. See, the the problem with your point of view, Sean, and, and the fact that the, the lady who runs the church says, no, we're cool. We're cool with the protesters. That's not insignificant, but it's a national treasure. And it was almost burnt down the previous night. But So, is so the erring right to... to the side of caution to protect it. I think is okay. But a national treasure is also the right to peacefully assemble and protest. Sure. And they were doing that. And No, the, they weren't. No, from from a concert, from the Washington Examiner, reporter who was there, the, the throwing of the water bottles, who he then followed after, it didn't start until the the phalanx of the militarized police were pushing away the people. Right. They are, mili- they, they are in riot gear. Our police look like military inhabitants. So they do. you're talking about Tim Carney's piece? Yes. Which yes. I haven't read. So he, his story is they were peacefully protesting. Yes. Then the police show up. Then they started throwing yes. stuff. And they had set up barricades, and then at at a certain point, they started moving those barricades farther away 
to clear the room for Trump to make his walk. Right. So that is where these stories always get complicated, because Marco Rubio says that he uh, appreciates the the clearing it out and the president going over there. The previ- the protesters had previously been blah, 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 blah. Uh, they knew the street needed to be cleared before 7 o'clock curfew, curfew, Rubio said, this senator from Florida. But they deliberately stayed to trigger police action and get the story they wanted, that the police attacked peaceful protesters. That's Marco Rubio's take. Yeah, right then. Time to rewatch Rashomon. Is that the name of it? Or it's told from seven distinct points of view. So they include like travel time in this curfew. Does a seven o'clock curfew mean, mean I need to leave at six fifteen, six thirty? Parks closed. Moose out front should have told you. <laughs> That's the way you handle it. You have a moose at the park. Every everybody loves moose. So what's your take? Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Weakness invites aggression. That is true in nature, and it's every bit as true in human society. Our leaders are weak. Predators know it. That's why this is happening. If you let people spray paint obscenities on City Hall, pretty soon they are overturning cop cars. If you put up with that, they'll come right through the front door of the police precinct and they will burn it down. Next thing you know, they are beating people to death in shopping malls. And then what? What happens the next time the mob doesn't like something? What will the mob demand next? Let's hope we never find out, because we are close. So Tucker Carlson was saying that last night uh, on his Fox show after I took in a whole bunch of uh, news coverage, like you might maybe do too, or did too, where it looked like you know cities are coming apart all across the country. And I wonder that too. If we're going to decide that, if people get mad enough, they just get to smash whatever they want. Okay, what what is the mob going to demand next? Next, how far mm-hmm. does it go, or over what issue? Since we're just going to say, well, you're mad, and you have a right to be mad, which you do. Um, uh, so smash away. Interestingly, then uh, old Tucker just went after Trump's advisors. How would you describe it? He went after everybody: Biden, Biden's advisors, mayors, governors, Trumps. Advisors, everybody. Yeah. It was like 30 minutes long, wasn't it? it yeah. Was, it was it a long is, Yeah, he did a full 30 minutes. Pretty much every level of government he feels like has failed. That's mm. his take. Mm. You know, and, I, and I get it. You can't have this level of lawlessness no matter what started it. You just can't. On a more cheery note, Michael, do you have... Uh, oh, jeez, transition music. Do you what? have... Uh, no, no. Do we have uh, the cheerful but lame music still? We've been using this music for, well, for longer than some of you have been alive. <laughs> we, uh, which is actually that's a title of a great old 97s tune too longer than you've been alive uh there are obscenity it's uh, r- rated r for uh, language <laughs> do you have that it's time for joe getty's notes from all over notes from all over that's right i thought this was interesting why the u.s protests matter to the world in the washington post and they mentioned that you know, if some obscure actor does something, I don't care. There are lots of actors, they do lots of things. But if one of your super heavyweights does something, you pay attention. It's interesting. Well, the dramas of the world's sole superpower captivate audiences elsewhere uh, far more than, than likewise. And so all over the world, 
the riots in the U.S. are getting huge media attention. I don't doubt it. Yeah. <clears throat> Did not know that. Because I don't live there. And wouldn't. Some asshole country. Some asshole country? That's no, no, the way you said it. It no, sounded I mean, like you said something else. I Oh, S. Yes. S. S. The letter S. Hole. Yeah, okay. Now I see your point. Mexico begins to lift the coronavirus lockdown. But things are still pretty hairy here, apparently. <clears throat> but they can't print they more money. They started it with Corona beer. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. They they cannot just create b- trillions of dollars out of thin air like Merca can. So they're having to open up their businesses. They're still going with the essential business foolishness. It's not about essential. It's about safe. Every business is essential to the people who run it and, and to some extent to their customers. Also, Jack, good news from North Korea. They are reopening their schools. North Korean schools. You think your local public school is bad. I can only imagine North Korean public schools. What do they teach there other than that the Kim family are gods? Well, you get an extra hour of schooling because you don't have lunchtime. <laughs> you can get more book learning in. Yeah. Kids, we've canceled lunch again today. Oh, because there's no food except for our fat, fat dictator. But at least Chairman Kim is well fed. And I mean well fed if he was two guys. (laughs) So open up your textbook to page 432. Has he done any more fake death, uh, try to smoke out the snakes sort of maneuvers? I, 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 I have to admit, I kind of admire that move that he did. Yeah, the laying super low to see who says he's dead, and yeah. they're they're glad about it. Yeah, they're opening, reopening schools, and starting cross border trade with China again, as the Chinese bat fever deaths have apparently started to decline there in the Hermit Kingdom. Uh, thermometers and hand sanitizers have been installed at the main gates, classrooms, and offices, while teachers and helpers are thoroughly observing the hygiene rules, and parents none are advised of, to educate their children. None of that has happened. <clears throat> Uh, and also, I'm I'm assuming it's that angry broad in the pink dress, <laughs> who's their official barking at the North Korean newsca- people newscaster, who said uh, they're encouraging people to use takeout services from restaurants. Restaurants. We're clo- we're canceling social studies once again because the kids once again have eaten the textbooks. <laughs> um, uh, joking about hunger, folks. Um, let's see, they've uh, stressing hygiene rules uh, to prevent people from lowering, lowering their guards even just a little bit. Yes, no. sir. Thank you very much, sir. You have to, we, Judy and I were trying to, we, we had a, a lovely afternoon with some friends and decided we were going to get dinner. We couldn't find a restaurant open. I mean, if we'd looked long enough, we could, but we went, we were, you know, several towns away from where we live and we kept calling places and checking and no, no, we can't get our staff back. One guy said, and, uh, have you had more orders wrong Recently, I've had more orders wrong in the last couple of months than ever in my life. We haven't really done much ordering. I don't know if it's short staff. Like, if I go through a drive through I'm almost certainly going to get the wrong thing. I don't know why that is. Yeah. Short-staffed or under pressure or whatever. Yeah, I'll bet that's it. You know, minor problem. Yeah, yeah. The first world problem. Yeah, go tell the North Koreans how tough you got mm-hmm. it, huh? Armstrong and Getty. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. 
Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.